brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. And by Beneath. Starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H.com. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. The long-awaited Black Rifle Boys have been slowly but surely being drug onto the show, whether they like it or not. Please welcome JT, the co-founder of Black Rifle, and I will give him a much gnarlier intro later. But welcome to the show, buddy. Hi, how are you? I don't think I don't think I think using the word dragging is a little harsh. You didn't have to drag. It was more like, would you want to come on the show? And my response was, say when. See, you're easy though. It's not you that I had to drag. It's the other <laughs> ones I'm currently trying to drag by their ear, like the three-year-old boys, as if they have nothing else to do, right? I can just sit here and complain. It's fine. Don't worry about me. You were bit, yeah, you were by far the easiest one. Um, Logan it's because comes in I've been too. on the other side of I I'm I'm, you know, for years I was booking our guests for for our show. So I yeah. know. I, I know the seat that you've been in when you're, you're like trying to just get somebody, just give me a date and time and I'll make it happen. <laughs> right. I will fit you anywhere, but just, you gotta, you gotta give me something to work with here, man. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been an honor to have you guys kind of come on and really see the other side of, of what it's like um, with black rifle, because I think the perception you guys put out is you you're, you make dope coffee. You have an incredible community. You, you've built a, a monster empire and you've done it in a way that continues to stay true to who you are, which is working with veterans, giving back, helping your community and, and doing it in a way that cultivates a positive environment from what I can see on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always said like even dating back to 2016, five years ago when we did the movie, like I, I, said it was the community that 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 kind of boosted us you know they all all their backs stacked on top of each other to get us up on the ledge well we have to turn right back around and and lean the hand down because there's plenty of 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 veterans that i saw succeed in the hollywood space and the business space and once they got there they just disappeared and i didn't like that like i i mean i remember you know i've I've been doing this for a long time. It started started moonlighting the military in two, late 2005, early 2006. I started the production side of things with advertising and the media in 2008. So it's like I've been around for a lot of, of, of the industry shifting and the veteran community going one direction or the other. You know, I, I, I was around for the rise of social media. You know, when I first started, uh, doing work in the gun industry, Instagram didn't exist. And you couldn't have a Facebook page unless you were at a college. So that that wasn't even a factor back then in the in, in the industry. There was only, there was enough shooting schools across the United States that you could count on one hand. Like so it was like like I kind of have been around for a while to see the shift. And, right. and what's funny is when I do see people 
you know, new people that just come in, especially like now the, the age of the meme pages we are in is, is, is like the meme. And, and I see these guys that have, that have popped up within the last six, six months to a year. And they, they try and pretend they know how it goes. And it's just like, no, man, this is, this is just another phase of, 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 of whatever it is that we're evolving to. And I've seen many of those before. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you know, I want to say unfortunately and fortunately for you, you were around for the beginning of it. So you kind of saw the shit storm that was brewing and how it all worked and the ins and outs and going from a university accessibility to just general society, being able to tap into stuff like this. Well, uh, one thing that I would say is shit storm isn't, isn't at all the, uh, the word I would use in the beginning beginning there was a lot of of unity and happiness and respect like i yeah a lot of people don't know like chris costa who is a, a a coast guard shooting you know he was a prior coast guard and then became a shooting instructor he was the first firearms personality to reach six digits on a social media platform and that oh, was wow. celebrated by everybody and this was like this was late 2011 early 2012 it was not it, there was no attitude of that guy's a sellout, that guy's a jerk, that guy's a tool. It was an attitude overall of celebration of guys. Look, the shooting industry, the firearms industry, the, the tactical community has gotten popular enough to see 100,000 fans follow a shooting instructor. And there was there was nothing but excitement and unity. And everybody was everybody was amped and everybody was down to work together. And then we saw this age of jealousy and why not me and that's when the hate started rolling in and that was around what year? Two, late late 2015 early 16 and then really hard in 17 it was a it was a why why not me where a lot of people built their popularity off of attacking somebody else and and exposing or whatever it was, trying, attempting to knock somebody off their, their pedestal. That was how they, they got their attention. But that was, to me, it was, it was mostly because a lot of people, a lot of people that were untalented wanted to, wanted that position of, of, right. of fame and notoriety and things like that. And rather than, rather than diving into the books or the, the expertise of learning content, learning how to use your camera, learning how to create a, a format that people wanted to watch, whether it was informational, educational, or entertaining. Like rather than doing that, they wanted to just shit on somebody else. And that's that was just disappointing. And it's just, again, like I said, I've sat back and got to see all of it. So I remember when it was different, when it was much more positive and fun. Now it's, uh, it's everybody's got a pike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what it feels like. I mean, for me, honestly, I didn't really tap into social media until I had to. And so I kind of came into it when a girlfriend was like, hey, I uploaded pictures of us from when we were younger in high school on this thing called Facebook. I know you don't have it. Here's my login just so you can go download the photos. I remember going on and seeing all this and going, what am I looking at? Because at the time, my brain couldn't compute what I was seeing and why I was seeing it. And people were commenting on things. And I'm going, what even is this? And she's like, oh, it's just like a social platform. It's where you talk to people. You can stay in you know, communication. And then as it went on, and then I started my company, that's when I was like, okay, I'm starting to understand this. I'm starting to get it. And I fully don't understand it, but I started to understand 
this is going to be a huge component of success in society with companies. If you don't use it, you're going to see a massive drop-off. It is an amazing platform if used correctly. And that's something when you brought up before, when I had Bert on, Bert Koontz and I discussed this quite a bit about why can't we make these back to the way they were? Why can't these be a positive environment for individuals to elevate one another? You know exactly. Tell me. It's, be, it, it, it's because of e it's ego and, and self-identity. And that's the thing is when you look in at the, at the shift of, of social media, and I just talked about this on one of our shows with uh, JP Sears, is, is yes, there was a time frame when you watch people that you physically knew from high school or from work or from anything, you watch them get a form of fame or a form of, mm. of notoriety. You got you you watch them be accelerated into a position. And at first, that was celebrated. People were like, oh my God, I know that person. I've hung out with, I've been to that person's house. You know, it was a yeah. very exciting thing. And then then the jealousy age came in. And it was a why, why not me? When when social media became accessible to everybody and every single person got to create their own account. You, you had a window into somebody else's life and, and how their, their stuff is perceived. And then you had your own. So you post a picture at breakfast saying me and my bestie having brunch. But then you look at your friend from high school that posted it and she gets 600 likes and, and 40 comments and you get two. You start you start challenging that to yourself and, and assigning yourself worth to that, to that number saying, but I did the same thing. I posted the same po photo, but more people were wanting to engage her and her phone went off more times. And she got to look at every comment that was coming in. But me, I didn't get any, I got two people that like me. And then, and then it goes into why, well, why, why her? I'm just as pretty mm. as her. I'm just, or I'm funnier than her. I, I, I actually have a better job that pays more than her, but more people pay attention to her. And now, now you're mad. Now, now there's a negative feeling behind, behind this. And there's no longer a community and a positive like celebration. Now it's why her and not me. So uh, look at you got all the answers to all the things, my friend. I like that. You're like, I know why. Just let me talk. I know why. Okay. <laughs> I can love that. That's fantastic. But well, that's whether we like it or not, there is an addiction to, to the engagement. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, if something isn't being engaged with, like I expect it to, I get angry or upset or wait, what did I do? I'm an, right. I'm supposed to be an expert at this. What, what did I fuck up? And it's my bad. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in it just as deep as everybody else. So, so there is a connection. There's an emotional, you know, boat anchor chain to you mm -hmm. over these alerts. Oh, they and are. I think and that was designed. <laughs> maybe. I mean, do you think they would do that to society? No, not Zuckerberg. He means well and drinks water like this. It's fine. <laughs> um, so you, you, you touched on something there and, and that was, God, you can tell you're such a host of a podcast because you're you're fantastic at dropping at dropping like great threaders for me to be like boom boom boom. And so I noticed, and I just want to acknowledge the ego. You brought that up, and I think it's important to discuss because when 
I want to say the world or you started to exposing yourself to society or when I started to take notice of who you guys were, you seem to be a little bit of a, I want to say a different person, but a, a different time in your life. You were, you were just, you were different than you are now. And I feel like from a content perspective, you, you know, your content has just gotten better and better, but you were coming off differently. And I think that's because something you, you experienced something and I, and I, <laughs> I um, kind of want to talk about it. Oh, we can go into that. Uh, oh, we're going. The one thing, the one thing I do want to say is, is I, I have never put on a facade when it came to my content. Like I have always no. embraced, <laughs> like I embraced the character, like the character that I had put out. And I have gotten so much flack for that from, from everybody, from relationships to things like that. Yes. Many, many relationships, women were so angered later, later on that, that I played into the character of, Hey, I'm, I'm the heavy, fat, funny guy that is ridiculous and a, and a mess and I'll cover myself in mustard for a laugh. And it's like, I don't care, but that was me. Like I, I, it was fine. And people and, would be like, you're so, you're so smart and you don't portray that. I'm like, that, because why? <laughs> I don't need but, to. <laughs> but why? But the question I ask people always when they say something, they're like, you know, you, you, you just seem like you're different when you're doing this. And this. I'm like, I'm the same person. I just swear more on different events. It, it's, de it's dependent who I'm around. It's called read the fucking room. It's not that difficult to do. But I think that people who comment on things like that, one thing I've noticed is if somebody's commenting on the way that you were or like feeding into the character, all of that, they're so that to me just screams at like insecurity, insecurity because and laziness. Ah, <laughs> like like if someone if, if you're only gonna and and I I used to say I used to use this term all the time that person's as deep as a cookie sheet. Like <laughs> if 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 you're a surface layer and you're gonna buy into the only thing that I've chosen to show you, then oh. that then you've just been lazy and don't think that your opinion. And what and what you feel like that you have analyzed in your in 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 your drastic research is going to hold any weight because you didn't. Well, well, that's it. It's like how much effort time have you actually put into this? It, you're none. You you're just here to to pile on when it's convenient and it makes them feel better if they can put someone else down. It's often I I say it's like a true reflection of how they feel about themselves. It's how someone treats you. And and it's a traffic and grab as well. They ooh. know. It, yes, it's, it's all a traffic grab. Hey, okay. if I attack this person, I have two. I have two possible pieces of success here. Either a, it's going to get engaged with because my my audience is going to argue with it themselves, either right. for or against. Or b, you're going to bait me into here, which usually do. Anybody that that posts you anything about do. me, <laughs> I sh I show up like because it's like, oh, you wanted to fight. I'll give you the fight and right. <laughs> I win every one of them. They can think that they won, but I'm, I'm walking them exactly where I want them all the time. Right. So like right. every time that every, every person that thinks like I, I've had so many commenters where I showed up to their fight, like they had no, they had no clue that I was bringing them over to my, to my area. And, and they go, Oh, is that really what you mean? Looks like I got you here. It's like, Ooh, you're walking right into the net. Oh, like, exactly, like I don't even have to kick the ball. You just <laughs> you did it yourself. You kicked it in your own net. And then you let me just be there and laugh at you. 
It's yeah. horrible. I mean, I I'm right for it. I mean, I listen, I'm experiencing my very first taste of that. And, um, I made like a mistake and like, uh, engage with someone and, uh, like a, like a big girl. And, um, this guy came back and I literally, I looked at my husband and I showed him and he goes, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm like, I'm gonna do it. He started this. I'm doing it. I'm not, you're not going to sit there and, and, and bash my intellect when I'm, when I'm very much, no, no, you're not. And so I did it for like three, I engaged like three times and then this guy just went on the rant. And so I just left the conversation with like, are you a life coach? Cause if you're a life coach, I am so looking for one. Should, do you think I should even keep trying in life? Should I just quit? And he just couldn't handle it. And he just popped off. It's like, there's a point where it's comical to me because I know what you're doing and I can't help myself because then it just becomes fun. And I mean, the tail, the sign of someone losing the argument is their inability to stay on track. So right. if, and that's the thing is I will jump in and engage to anybody that says incorrect information about me, Evan, Matt, Logan, Heather, anybody, anybody in my circle that you want to call out or say something, right. if it is wrong, then mm. I am, I'm in there. And when you cannot keep the same topic, when you can, when I, when I fire back with a, here's you're wrong and here's why, and then you want to keep jumping to something new. Well, but, and you want to switch, you've lost that point. Yeah. And then you, and, and what they don't realize is they're making themselves look really dumb because when you read that exchange, you can mm -hmm. see right away that this person is, is, is backpedaling and they're, and they're trying to, they're scraping at whatever they can find to pull in with some relevance, but just, just by the means of, of demanding that someone stays on the original attack, which they never do, mm -hmm. it, 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 it makes them self-implode. And it's funny. This is all entertainment. It is. And that's what's sad to me is people take it as it's uh, the Bible and it's, it's the same with the media. They, they can't stay on topic. They can't have a conversation for more than a two minute soundbite because they can't control anything outside of that. It, it, they, well, they struggle. And a message to, to anybody watching this, anybody on the internet that loves to chime in with your opinion, I'd love to say this is unless you have experience, your perspective brings no value to the right. conversation. And that's, and I, and I say that all the time, I don't care. You coming in and telling me how I should run my company or how I should respond to something. You don't have a company, you don't have employees, you've never done this before. So at what point do you feel you've earned any sort of expertise in, in this arena for you to tell me how and what to do? Because I don't see any of these people lining up at a hospital and looking over the shoulder of a brain surgeon and going, I, would, I wouldn't cut it like that. And that is exactly what you're doing. And you need to understand you are a fool. If, if, if you were yeah. going to come in and, and tell an F1 driver how he should have drove and you have <laughs> never driven an F1 car, you're a fool. You're wasting your breath. You bring no value to the conversation. And, mm -hmm. and you need to accept that. Look in the mirror and go, I'm a dummy. <laughs> and it's okay. You can, you can work on it. You can still be a dummy. You can get better, but don't expect the, uh, a respectful response in a way where I'm taking you seriously and that you're affecting my mood or my day or how I, how I look at anything in the world. It's just not going to happen. Well, it's their ego has inflated what, what their position is. And that's, what's really funny is when you start pointing this out, it's like, Hey, 
you realize your own self has convinced you that you're right. And that's right. why you're so convicted about this. It's like you, and, and, and again, you are, you feel diehard about this, but it's because you've convinced yourself of it. Not, not anybody else. Like you yeah. did that. No one's around you. Maybe the guys in your head, but no one else. It's interesting though, with you guys, because you all have incredible content. You all, you know what you're doing. You're very capable at, at engaging in and having these discussions. At what point though, does it affect you or does it ever truthfully? Don't, don't lie to me. Uh, does, uh, well, does what affect what are, the way that social and the content and the constant bombardment and people's opinions coming oh, through yeah, the social oh, yeah. media? It affects all, it, it does affect all of us, but it's, it's really learning to learning to rewire and reground. You know, uh, okay. Evan Evan was down here the other uh, last week, and we went up to Joe Rogan, and him and I drove from my house to to Austin, which is about an hour and a half, and we were we were going back and forth because it does. Evan gets really fired up, I get fired up, but but I think I I have learned a, a, a better coping with it. Um, mm-hmm. but then Evan has brought some stuff to the table recently too. You know, Evan was talking about, he, he was listening to something and he was like, you realize every time you grow your audience, you grow the amount of people that hate you. So, of course. <laughs> Damn it, so Evan. Like, you, eventually that percentage gets to the point where it starts spilling over and you start hearing it. And that's, you're never, that is unavoidable. You are, right. you are not able to ever get every single personality and ego and person on the planet to like you. So you just have to accept that. And, and really for me, what, what had helped me was for every person that thinks that they called me out or they call me a shill or they, they say that we're all fakes and all this horse shit. Super you know? fake. Grant, you guys are super fake, super fakes. For every person that says that there's a hundred that write in with messages that your comedy saved my life. Your, your podcast launch codes caused me and my five friends to start a business. I just got this about two weeks ago. Me and my five friends, we are all fighter, fighter, firefighters. We started a business and we just made our first $100,000. And we only did that because we listened to your show on launch code. So, so it's like for me, I, have to, I should be giving my energy and attention to those people, right. not the shitty people. Because- I'm never going to change their mind, even if I, even if I show them the hard truth right in front of their eyes that they can touch with their hand, they are still going to argue with me because again, that ego has convinced them that they Mm -hmm. are correct. So they will never admit that they were wrong. I mean, this happened last week. I had someone call me out on a post and say, maybe you guys should, should lift a finger and do something like help the organization Hunter Seven. And I brought one of the board members from Hunter Seven into the conversation and they go, they have. They've donated a lot of money to us. They talked about us on Joe Rogan and they did this and they did that. And the guy started arguing with her. Well, I don't see you on the Hunter Seven website. You're a fake. And it's just like, see, there's no winning with these people. (laughs) You got talked about on the world's largest podcast and this guy is still sitting there. Like, (laughs) my oh but i mean there's no and that's why it's pointless to shift your energy to these people i i'd rather if i'm gonna spend five or ten minutes Mm -hmm. talking to somebody 
I'd rather give advice to the dude that's starting his business than defend myself to this clown that already is mad because he's sitting at home drinking a bottle of liquor every evening and hasn't done shit with his life. <laughs> well, and that's most most of the time. But when that happens, though, do you because people keep telling me, don't read the comments, don't read the comments, don't read the comments. But when you want to engage with the positive people, you have to kind of read through the comments. To oh, be I read able all the comments. Oh, I know. So do I. I'm horrible. Bro, I'm <laughs> but so but I also listen to that. Uh, for a long time in Free Range American, they told me I was a horrible interviewer. <laughs> they were like, JT, you suck. You get, too, you get too excited and you just yell and talk over the guest and we don't get to hear. Well, I listened to that. I was like, oh, okay. And then I started practicing. Like, hey, I'm only allowed one sentence every four minutes. And I would, I would, I would stick to that. It'd be like, I'm chiming in and then I'm sitting back. I'm chiming in and I'm sitting back. And I trained myself. And in the last month, I've had a ton of comments going, wow, this is really turned around. It's because I was listening to you guys. It's like, hey, you can talk. If it's something positive, it might actually get worked on. But if you're going to just shit on me, I'm going to shit on you. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm awesome. I know there's things I need to work on. But you telling me I suck will only work if there's positive constructive criticism inside of that i suck yeah follow that follow and and that's it follow the you suck with the why if you're going to post a negative comment give the why not don't don't give your advice so don't start with mm. you should just say you suck here's why i came to that conclusion <laughs> i'll listen to that all day long but but coming out with advice by saying do better that that is nothing what does do better even mean I do, who knows <laughs> Who knows? Well, how many? Enough. What? <laughs> well, I love the how many's or the why's. What do you mean why? What do you mean why to what? I'm wearing a hat. What do you mean why what? It's a hat. <laughs> oh, that's another rant for another time. But I want to talk about the ego because that seems to be a huge, the way you converse about it now has changed drastically. And the way that you talk about yourself, I, I've noticed has changed drastically. And I just did a mental health Monday and we have that where we talk about this with people where self-talk is your reality. When you immerse yourself into something negative, that slowly becomes your reality. If you can make it a positive environment, positive reinforcement, that will change your reality. But you went and did something drastic to change your reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody, a lot of the people on my show know, we mm -hmm. went down, I went down to Mexico and underwent uh, a regime that is a compound called Ibogaine which I would say is kind of the, uh, it's the rototiller of the mind. It lights, it lights your, your brain back up areas that have, that have died off from trauma or concussions or anything, anything that has to do with head injuries and things like that. And then after that, I did 5-MeO DMT, which is kind of the ego destroyer. It's, it's where you have to, your ego has to die. And it really does. It really does change your entire outlook on everything because it finally, but uh, in the past, um, uh, psilocybin has done that for me. That was the first time when I really turned my life in a different direction and headed towards the production side of things was 11 years ago in 2010, when I had my first like big journey, uh, where I had the conversation with myself after doing a very high dose of mushrooms. And that is what, that is what flipped my whole outlook was it, it showed me that I had all these dreams that I was vocal about but I wasn't doing anything to get there. So I was a big talker mm. and I could tell everybody that I was going to do this, but when it was up to me and I was by myself in the house, 
was I working at all to get those goals? And I was not. And that's when I, I turned that around and said, okay, once I, once I had that conversation with myself and said, you're full of shit uh, and you're, and all you do is make, tell everybody a bunch of bullshit. That's when I, I, I started changing my behavior and said, okay, every day before I go to bed, I have to learn one new thing about filming and, and Photoshop. Oh, wow. And I just started walking myself in. That's when I, I really kicked it into gear when it came to, uh, you know, doing my film and design firm with Gary Stevens back, back then. So I was going to say, so your film and design, was that something that you kind of picked up, you know, later on in life? Or is that something you've always had a passion for? Well, I had a passion for, for, for shooting and editing video, but okay. I learned uh, in 2010, after meeting Gary Stevens, who's our art director at Black Rifle Coffee now, um, that that every every project involved every aspect of, of media creation. So even if we shot and edited something, we still needed still photography to do the DVD you know, cover design. We still needed advertisements to advertise what it was that we were doing. So I really started wanting to learn every piece of that because I didn't like depending on other people's timelines and things like that. And even our, our podcast, uh, one of our podcast producers, David Reardon, who everybody loves to yell at Dave, you know, fire Dave. Um, he was, he was a very good photographer. He taught me flash photography with multiple flashes. You know, this was all so I didn't have to depend on anybody else when I needed something. I could do it myself. I was on my timeline. Uh, so I dove into that because because I just didn't want to wait. I, I work at my own pace and many cannot keep up. I've heard that about you guys. Honestly, I've, I've been told that from friends in the community who are like, you know, there's some of the, I don't say fastest paced, but 24 hour a day to get it done kind of workers. And I'm just thinking to myself, how do I clone you and bring you all to Canada so I can get some employees that fucking do that? Because that is what you need to be successful in something in this day and age. You need someone that's going to have the drive, the wherewithal, the self-reliance and self-motivation to be able to pursue and move forward. When you started doing you know, your film and, and your, your camera work and, and all of those types of things, was there at a point where you just learned all of these from individuals around you just by asking questions and self-taught or did you end up going to school for this at all? No, I did not go to school. What I did is I would, I would become friends with the best in the area and I would just say, let me go with you. And I would help for free just so I could, and I was just watching what they did. That's what I did. I don't care. You want me to carry lights and set them up. This is amazing. I'm watching right. you're you're telling me how to do this and I'm remembering how I did it. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant though. I mean, when you talk yeah, but to nobody someone, wants to do that work anymore. No, like, no, no. <laughs> no, they all want to be paid and they all want to have life rights to something or be executive producing on this. They, there's so many strings attached to just, it feels like someone coming in and just asking, Hey, can I learn something from you? It's not the same anymore. There isn't that idea the way it used to be that you could just speak. Hey, I want to learn this. Will you teach me? I'll, I'll go do this for you. I'll do that for you. That's not enough for people anymore. People want more. They want recognition and they want to be tied to as many people as they can be. No, I mean, I mean, I'm in, I'm in filmmaking groups for uh, like some courses that I've took that I beta tested for some friends and things like that when they launched off 
some film film courses and things like that and it's like i'm in these facebook groups and watching young kids it's just their their mindset on the future is is awful and they're never going to succeed and they're never going to break out because they because everybody wants to start at the top they think they right. think they think they deserve it and it's like you know i i had worked uh for for years with for free. Like I never took money for anything because it was, it was, I was banking favors. I was making friends and I was, and and I'm not saying that you, you never deserve to be paid, but I was looking at this as always a growing and an opportunity for me to learn something, figure something out and, 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 and then have a, have somebody that owed me. And I really had a big bank of favors when me and Matt launched article 15 clothing like i had a lot of people that 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 i had done a lot of things for that allowed us to take art 15 from zero to 100 in a matter of 90 days because because of that 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 bank of favors yeah but that bank of favors is invaluable like it just is but you have to understand the work that went into that and i will agree with you i you look at these this younger generation and it's quite terrifying it, it, yeah. honestly it, it, it is they it's feel terrifying. like the, they feel like the second that they purchase a camera they deserve to be paid five thousand dollars a day to to do anything and it's like that's not how this works like you don't know mm-hmm. i mean i even i even know someone that was uh, a, a young kid that was telling me right away well i'm i'm gonna go start my own production company i'm like yeah but you've never yeah. run a production so it's like why don't you why don't you learn for a few years and, and, and really understand how to do this and then go start your production company. Right. But you just want to, you, you have one camera, you've edited a few videos and you think that you're ready to go start your company. You have no clue what you're doing, but okay, have fun. We'll see how that goes. And most of the time <laughs> they just come back to you and go, God damn it. I wish I would have listened to you even for a second to try to figure out what that entails. Um, because you, you, we don't have to talk about them if you're uncomfortable, but you have, you have tiny humans and your tiny humans are going to grow up very soon to be bigger humans, which we're hoping aren't going to be like the rest of the generation. And it feels like the groups of people that are doing kind of what we're doing in this community who also have tiny humans are trying to raise to offset this bullshit generation. Well, we I, have- I mean, I definitely am keeping them away from, from, the, the public school system. Ah, uh, are you? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm not so allowing, you... I'm not allowing another, another person's jaded, you know, angered side of the world, like to, to teach my kids anything, like, especially nowadays that they feel like it's their right or duty to start aligning them with certain beliefs. So no, I hate, no teachers. Nope. Not into it. Like, you can bitch it. People can bitch at me all they want. Our teachers are great. No, our teachers have become fucked and, and I'm not down with it. Like, and yeah. And, and you're allowing another adult unsupervised time to poison your kid, not into it. Like, I know, I know that that's not reality for a lot of people because both parents have jobs and things that I'm not knocking anybody that has to, to, no, to maintain public schools, but the, the direction that we've allowed this, you know, we didn't nip it in the ass 20 years ago by saying, hey, if you're a public, if you're a public t- schools teacher, you are not authorized to lean any direction. 
you're only authorized to maintain the information. But even that, if I, if, if you, even if we want to deep dive into the information that the public school system gives, is trash. It's garbage, mm-hmm. abomination. People should be embarrassed because it's such shit. Like it does not prepare our 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 children for life. Like it's it's just utter hot garbage. I feel <laughs> like I'm looking in the mirror. Like I'm. <laughs> The rants you go off on are, they, <laughs> fuck man, I can't wait to be in a room with you because this is the shit I rant about on a constant daily basis. And I only have one human and that human starts kindergarten in two weeks and I'm freaking the fuck out because it's so bad. Do you guys have the Soji program down there? Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what that is. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready to literally blow your fucking hat off your head? Let me get comfortable. <laughs> the SOGI program is a program that's being taught in multiple provinces without permission or knowledge to any parents. They teach your kid from kindergarten to grade 12 that they can be anything they want to be. They'll gender affirm your child without talking to your parent all the way down to age five. They'll let you know about pronouns and how there's multiple daddies and mommies and how we need to be nice to everyone. So. Here's my issue with this. Fuck you a little bit. I'll teach my kid who to be nice to, who I mean, to not be nice to. I, I don't really get mad at those things because I feel like we're, we're ev- eventually going to eradicate the world from those, like, like things are going in a different direction than people think they are. We're, yes. we're, I think we've turned around and we're slowly heading back to the yes. dark ages and when the dark ages start and it's survival of the fittest those that needed the pronoun talk are not going to survive guys people like us so yeah you're fucked y'all are fucked and, go ahead and collect your food and we'll be ready to take it from you and get rid of you <laughs> that's right well th- that's where i'm struggling because my kid is 5 right and he is the sweetest tiny little psychopath with a hatchet and he is great but everyone is terrified of him he does jujitsu he has a hatchet the whole cul-de-sac is terrified of this kid the kids are because he knows how to start fires and forage and live his life and be productive and these kids can't fucking decide how to open a wrapper and i'm terrified and the reason i get so bent about it because up here in canada they're putting these in our schools without saying anything to anyone I mean, that's uh, your your president is a douchebag. Prime minister. We're not even a president. Oh, whatever, whatever a, they call it. Prime minister. I do. No, oh. 100%. Yeah. I hate him. Like his tweets alone. Like, I can't believe that, that enough of you just need to, you know, go get him out or something. <laughs> well, we have an election in five weeks. That's this oh, is the this is what happened. Looking? Um, well, horrific currently. He did a Hitler-esque speech the other day on the campaign trail where he yelled into a microphone and said, if you're not vaccinated, don't you be thinking you're getting on a train or a plane or a bus ever again. Like Nazi level shit, like sketchy shit. It's not going well. The reason he did a snap election, he announced it two weeks ago. He had two more years. He did it because as soon as Afghanistan fell, he knew he would have to answer to people and get people in the country. And now he doesn't. Yeah. Wow. He planned it right. 
well, are you guys going to get We're working out? with a lot of people who have influence in the Canadian society that are helping to push the narrative to get Trudeau out. So we are talking with people. We are trying to assemble. We are trying to push a narrative that is going to help the next generation rather I than hurt like them. Most of you guys are fed up, though. I've We're not seen one. I've never seen one Canadian go, man, I love our president. This guy's amazing. Because it's or prime minister, prime minister, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I don't really care. He's a drama high school teacher. So you can call him a teacher. He is. See, that's what he was. Um, so we have the thing with the thing with him is the East Coast predominant East love this guy. You get more of your middle pro, middle of the country. It gets a little less. You go out to the West Coast and picture like California. That's like Vancouver. So it's a little. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure where it's going to fall. I'm a little terrified, frankly. Um, if he has it his way, we won't be allowed to cross provincial lines without uh, passports. So I won't be able to leave the country or go to the province beside me at any point unless I have a passport and I fall under their rules and regulations, which is frankly unacceptable in my eyes to be able to tell a Canadian they can't go to and from a place is beyond disgraceful in my opinion. Um, I want to touch a little bit more if we can, if you're comfortable with this on the Ibogaine thing and the mental health aspect of it, because for me, really the, for the decade that I drug myself through pharmaceutical drugs and continuous therapy to try to just get to a normal level where I could be a functioning part of society again, was it, it, it took a decade and even then it wasn't enough. But really what tipped the scales for me was ayahuasca. And it was a massive part of moving forward in the healing. And when you did Ibogaine, what did you begin to see really, really change for you? Was it just your the way you looked at people? Was it the way you spoke about things? Was it how you perceived strangers? Like what really was it for you that helped so much? No, I mean, it was, it was the, the way that I put it is you have to treat these. First off, these things aren't, they aren't a magic fix. Mm. You still have to be a part of it. Like you mm. still have to try, you still have to try hard and it's not, it's not easy. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I said yesterday to my friend that just got back, I said, the medicines start the race car. You still have to fucking get in and win the race. That's mm -hmm. up to you. Um, so it's not that, I mean, it, 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 it drastically helps, you know, it completely wipes your, wipes your central nervous system, uh, and puts it back to center when it comes to substances that you've been using. So it wiped alcohol out, it wiped, uh, THC, any, any use of anything went back to zero, like as if I never had it before. So wow. I wasn't, there was no craving. There was no, Oh, I need a drink or I need this. I need this. That was zero. So as long as you maintained not not forcing yourself to go and get it you you maintain that and mm -hmm. so and then in doing so so now you know even even after you've been drunk just one time it takes your brain 14 days to recover from that oh wow so, so even that like even without the medicine actually being something that goes in and, and starts giving you a, a large portion of your brain function back it's so, you know, after 14 days, you're clear, you're, you're, you're level-headed, you're, you're not thinking with impairment. Like people just don't realize like alcohol was, was put in our hands, I think as a, as a strategic plan, Hey, keep them impaired and, and, and happy. 
Because <laughs> then they can't think for themselves and intelligently. And, and that way we can maintain control. And, and Exactly. Yeah. And then we don't have to worry about about anything i mean i think i I think now we're just at this this weird tipping point where they're they 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 struck too soon you know they've been walking they've been walking us on the world leaders have been walking us slowly the lemmings to the Mm -hmm. to the cliff and 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 they told us that the cliff was ahead too soon and now it's kind of all imploding Mm -hmm. (laughs) it feels like um yeah yeah, I mean, Australia's. I think Australia is feeling it the most right now. Oh my God, we had um, when I do our lives every Monday. I had a guy on, and he's from Australia. He always comes on and touches base. He's going through some hell right now, and I said, "How how is it?" And he's like, "It's so bad. We get to go out for an hour, one hour a day for a walk, one hour a day." Yeah, but uh, now there's riots everywhere. Like Australia's not going to come out a- of this okay. Yeah. No, no. People are being arrested and put in prison for lengthy, like lengthy times. And they're using their own military against them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a disaster waiting to happen, but they're able to do it because they took all their guns. So did anybody really see it? Are we paying attention yet? <laughs> no, no, we, we don't. And I yell into a screen on a regular basis about that. I'm like, I, I just... You know, when you, they say like, never shake your babies, like never shake your babies. What happens if you just shake an adult? (laughs) What if we just shake grown adults really hard? Is that allowed? Will that damage the brain? Cause if, what if we just try, could it knock some sense into people? Cause I feel like we're going down a path right now where if we don't hit the brakes, there's going to be a line here. And as soon as we cross it, at least up here, we're fucked. We've given too many rights away. It's yeah, genuinely yeah. terrible. I mean, you guys are already on the path. That's for sure. We are paving the path. That's how yeah. on the fucking path we are. We are the path, JT. Interesting. Um, don't, don't get me going. You're going to get me all fucking riled up, and then I'm going to be a rant podcast again. We don't <laughs> need that. That is for your show. Uh, but I mine. recommend. I recommend the I Begin Treatment. It's amazing for, for, for you know, um, we're – it's obviously a new thing, especially for combat, combat vets. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this application is only three years old for, for guys like me. Um, and there, and, but, but I can't say enough good things about it. And, you know, I just got back after sending a few of my close friends that I, I knew needed something to, mm-hmm. to flip them around and, uh, and, and already they're, they're praising it as much as I am. So I just suggest people look into it. It's, it's a very, very powerful thing, but don't think that you're not going to have to put in the work. Well, that's it. That's what people forget. I, that's something I stress uh, a lot about is integration is like the number one thing you can sit there and you can go in ceremony and you can have this experience, but if yeah. you're not going to try to integrate it into your daily life and, and what that means is small steps, it's not having a drink that day, or it's having a little bit more empathy for that person on the street. It's, a, it's just how you interact with individuals, how you choose to interact that makes the difference. And those things can rewire and rework and you can be the better person, but it takes, it takes serious work every day. But I do notice um, this had to have had a positive effect on your marriage, on your family life, on how you think and work. There had to be more I'm not, to it. I'm not married. <laughs> Sorry, your girlfriend. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, okay. Not yet. Well, not yet. Not. I was yet. gonna say you need, but, dude. I said that to you on a text message. I'm like, bro, you married up, and you're like, I know, and I'm like, oh, he's married. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're on our way there. <laughs> we okay. will. Well, I mean, fine. we're definitely gonna be there. There's no there's no other option. You know, her and I have known each other for thirty years, <laughs> pretty much. Oh Jesus. So, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I definitely have a different outlook on on the relate i mean geez if you had a conversation with me two years ago i was anti-monogamy you need to be a swinger you have to be this yeah for, really? for anybody to, to actually yeah yeah i was i mean i did a i did a, a sex and love podcast two over two years ago saying all of this you had to have an open relationship if if anybody was going to be true to themselves because i said there was no i just didn't believe that that men could do it or, you know, could, could truly be happy with one person. And, and then coming back into this, I, I have completely 180 my, my position on it because it's, it's, I I've experienced, it's like, I've experienced my first relationship now. Like this is the first one I've had. It's the, it's a real one. So. Wow. <laughs> shit. Because I wondered about that for you. I did wonder about that for you because I was curious. I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is the type of guy where you you seem like you could just be off gallivanting and it wouldn't be a thing. But I mean, if this feels like this is your first relationship. You know, this must be intense for you. Your, your, your feelings and the way that you're processing has to be drastically different. Ibogaine must have had a massive hand. Oh, yeah. I, I, because it took away, and this is, this is, this is a way that I can explain for anybody that's on the fence of this and why I recommend it to so many of my friends is for years, our profession required us to live in a, in a state of mind that we were prepared for catastrophic loss at any moment and still could continue the mission. Meaning mm -hmm. half of our unit could be taken out, but we, we had to remove the emotion from that and be ready to keep going. We, 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 and we, we hang out there. And what, what this, what this medicine did was it removed that callus away and you don't realize how damaging it is to relationships. You know, you don't, you don't realize how damaging, you know, even, even those of my friends that are still married that have, that have survived through the 15, 20 years of this, like you don't realize how much you've robbed your spouse of that emotional connection because you've been empty and sociopathic and you've had to remove emotion from your body because of what we did for our profession. And this, this starts you over again, as if like that never, you, you know, I got a, I got a hard reset as if I've never been through a breakup before in my life, as if I've never had a catastrophic loss of a friend in my life. Like, like I'm back to no longer protecting myself because I'm just expecting the worst. I'm now opened up saying, so, so yes, entering this relationship again, you know, because this is her and I were together 11 years ago and, okay. and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and we ended the most, the, the nicest way possible. She got into a very competitive school. I had just gotten stationed, you know, I was stationed in the state of Florida and could not, and, and we were mm -hmm. as far apart as you could be in Florida and Washington state. So it was like, Hey, I, you know, I was, I did not want to affect her school. And I knew that I knew that she would try and make it work, but it was just like, let, let's just call this like we've mm -hmm. we've had a very very good run we've never had an argument or a fight and 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 we'll leave it at that we'll walk away from this still smiling and that was why when we came back it was instant it was like let's go 
God damn it. I love that so much because it's so rare to hear that our, our people, I say our people, but our, these vets, these, this community to see someone so happy afterwards with someone, even though they've been through hell, it's, it's amazing when you see the rare amount of marriages that make it through deployments and all of that trauma and all of that bullshit, especially the soft community. It's fucking insane. So when I see somebody like you, that's out of it, who's done the work, who continues to betray the work in a, in a positive manner. And then you find someone that you've had before that can see the growth in you and the positive in you. And that's fucking dope. And it makes, it makes not only me feel hopeful for, for our people, but it makes those who are listening feel hopeful. I can tell you that for sure, because so many people are like, I'm a dickhead. They'll never want to keep loving me. I've done so much damage. It's like, there's a reset button you can hit. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it's just like, to, to all those guys, everybody in the soft community and, and, and everybody, you know, in the combat community, conventional and soft side, if you have a spouse that stuck with you for the 15, 20 years, when you retire, you need to devote some time to say it's their turn. Like they, they just put up with it for 20 years, give them what they deserve at this point. Like just turn the sights back in and go, okay. I, I had my run. I got to do what I wanted to do. And you sat here and made sure that I was, I was kept whole through all of this. Now it's my turn to turn back and, and, and give back to you. <laughs> okay, I, I love that though, because when someone like you that comes out and talks about it so honestly and openly and just very vulnerable about that, like that, that almost gives permission to those other super hard guys who are like, no man, fuck that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm a hard guy, sleep around, who fucking fuck wives. Like it, you no, give re- reward them, like reward them for what they deserve. <laughs> exactly. But that's rare to find. Um, I find when it comes to talking to a lot of different people, the more we talk to you, the more I'm realizing how rare it is. And that's terrifying. So it's nice <laughs> to see it coming from you. And, you know, I, I appreciate GT you taking the time. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of end it there. Cause I think there's going to be plenty of times for us to talk. Yeah. And I need we to definitely you. need to get together again. <laughs> Uh-huh. I need to uh, ask you a few questions. I want you to stay on, but listen, please. Um, I know that I don't have to do this, but can you tell everyone your handles and where they can find you? Uh, just uh, on Instagram, JT article 15. Uh, I'm just keeping that. I finally, I've had it forever. So why not? Uh, and that's it. it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Black Rifle Coffees, Instagram and YouTube and Free Range American is our podcast network. So head over there if you want to hear more about uh, my crazy stuff. I generally bring on cool pilots and action sports people like the, the guests that I go out and seek and things like that. So we have a fun time. Well, no, we're excited. Uh, we're excited for this to come out. We're excited for people, more people to find out about you and uh, just really for we're excited for the positive journey that you're on right now. Seriously. I mean that from like my bottom of the heart to see it, to, to know you're doing the work and, and you're really putting your money where your mouth is and you are helping others with that. And that to me, that's fucking everything JT. So fuck everybody else and whatever everybody else <laughs> says, because it doesn't fucking matter. You're doing the work and that's all I ever ask of people. So thank you so much for coming on this week's episode. Thanks, we will stay with me for a second and I'll talk to the rest of you all later.